Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Mike. Mike's back. Mike's back. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. How's it going? Going very well. Wrapping up my Christmas in July season at the Advent Calendar House. It's been a really fun one. It has been a fun one. And if you're not listening, listeners, check it out because it's uh, well-researched per usual compared to (laughs) our fly-by-the-pants model of podcasting. (laughs) And just dang entertaining. Dang entertaining. You're one of those podcasts where I listen. You get such good guests. Which I like. Such good guests. Yeah, it, it's all people I'm very friendly with, so I'm very thankful. Oh, is that why the three of us haven't been on yet? Oh, no, I was on once. Never mind. All three <laughs> of you have been on. You were on twice. <laughs> I'm joking. Spicy. I'm joking. I knew that. It's really interesting how you get different guests, but it always feels so familiar because it sounds like y'all know each other. <laughs> I do a lot of that. Like, I keep a lot of fun stuff in. Well, there isn't. No, it's mostly people But, like, you'll even have two people that don't really know each other, right? But I guess yeah, it helps that they both so. know him okay. separately. That must be it. But it, it doesn't really He's... get awkward very often. I edited out something from on my other podcast, if Anthony, where my, where my co-host talked about you. Oh God! Now he I need to know what did he say? Uh, Who he did cast he cast? Adam Gertz, yes. the lead singer of Counting Crows. He said that you look like mo- he said that you look like modern Adam Dirk since he shaved his head. Oh, he yeah. shaved his the head. The dreads I are gone. I was so confused. I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah, I don't see it. Okay. And I said, well, I'm going to edit this out because we were out of room, Still out totally of time different. on this episode. But I'm going to tell Anthony that he reminds you of the man who dated both Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox at their prime. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, I do love Counting Crows. And I will still take it now, despite the bad Botox in both of them. Which I'll get a message from Sarah in about five minutes because she's like, why do you always bring up their bad Botox every time you see them in something? But it's it's hard to like... (laughs) Ignore. Man, I haven't seen Counting Crows do anything. Oh no, he's talking. He's talking to Courtney Cox and and Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> oh, Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, not, oh, not, oh, not, oh, not, oh, not shaved his head and 
I I always bring up Adam Duritz whenever me and Sarah see a music video or interview with him about how well, bad right. his Botox is. <laughs> Gosh. Oh man. Okay. Now I gotta see what he looks like with a shaved head. Okay, I'll take it. He doesn't he doesn't look awful. I'll take it. Okay. I, can you can you sing Long December for us? Uh, if I had Garage Band or uh, Rock Band to find TV, I totally why can't you just jump in and do it anyway? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not Andy Bernard. I can't do acapella. <laughs> Maybe this year will be better than the last. <laughs> I was talking to my cousin's wife, speaking of Andy Bernard, at my, uh, you know, after my grandmother's funeral, we had like the dinner, the brunch thing, you know, people go back to. And we were just saying, she was talking about how she's applying for a job with her local parks and recreation department. And she was like, you know, I'm totally going to be Leslie Nope. And this girl was like, totally intelligent and like nerdy. I'm like, you're totally Leslie Nope. And she's like, and you're totally a Dwight Schrute. I was like, oh God. Oh, what? Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. I, thought, I thought we were good friends. <laughs> you gave her like the best compliment ever. And she comes back with Dwight, Dwight Schrute. that to your face. She's, yes. she's not wrong. Oh, that is rough. There Leslie are the nope worst people on that show that. that you could be. That's true. That's I usually, if, when I cast there that show with people in my life, Anthony, I would say you probably hit a little closer to Creed for me. You, you just have that general <laughs> mungy smell about your person. I I have been rewatching it from the beginning, and I am on the final season now. And I just got to the work bus episode. Remember when they're on the work, work bus, bus. And, they, the <laughs> and they pull over the side of the road, and Creed comes on. He's like skipping a day of work, and then he looks playing over. <laughs> yeah, playing a little hooky, and it's the entire <laughs> office. On the- <laughs> and his face yep. just drops. <laughs> <laughs> But Lego is coming out with a Dunder Riffin set. I am so into their Starry Night. I'm going to need that. What? Yeah, I have. That looks awesome. What? They are coming out with a Dunder Mifflin and a Sanderson Sisters house. Nice. Oh my gosh, she even comes with little Van Gogh. (laughs) (laughs) He even got. Oh, wow. What I uh, haven't what I can't see is like I think it'd be really funny if they had one ear drawn on. How many ears? If you only had one ear. Yeah. <laughs> but he's painting he's oh, painting Starry so Night while oh, looking at Starry Night. Yeah. Did, yeah I'm did definitely you, gonna need the office and I'm gonna need the part them to do parks and rec as well. Did you see though the Van Gogh self-portrait painting they discovered behind one of his paintings? Really? Yeah. Yeah, like today the news broke. Like they found Van Gogh had huh. done a self-portrait painting, and it was like hidden behind one of his paintings. Interesting. <gasps> Elf, oh! the movie. What <laughs> hot take? Did you know about that, Mike? No, I didn't. It's a shared experience, oh. folks. Look at that. This is on the Lego Ideas website. Oh. They got uh, a, a little buddy, a little Walter, a little Jovi, and a little Papa. There's Arctic <gasps> oh my god, they have the little Rankin Bass guys. Have, oh. they, they, <laughs> no. no Mr. Narwhal, though. Oh, there's Michael. 
Oh my gosh. There he is. There's there he Mr. Narwhal. There he is. Oh he man. Is. Oh good. It's wonderful. Oh, oh amazing. Wow. I so what does Lego ideas mean? That it's conceptual you, or you can submit an idea. I think so yeah. <gasps> I think it's conceptual, and if it gets enough like supporters and likes, they'll make it a reality. Because I'm ninety percent sure the friends set that you have, Julia, started out yeah. conceptually as well. Oh my gosh, y'all. Makes sense. And Home Alone House did too, for sure. And I'm pretty sure the Hocus Pocus House was conceptual too, and that's coming out this year now. Okay. Look at this design. Forty. No one. I'm forty-one. I'm almost forty-one. You're forty-one, Mike. I'm almost forty-one. I am. Two months. I'm almost forty, Anthony. You're such a baby. Such a baby. I mean, and I'll still probably die before all of you because of high blood pressure because or something. That like got that. dark. Wow. Like you could go to a plant-based diet and dramatically reduce the risks of that happening. It has nothing to do with my diet, more so with how angry and stressed I get <laughs> with everything. Hypertension. It's an angry elf. Stress yeah. elf. Induced hypertension. Yeah. Call me elf one more time. I get more action in a week than you had and in your that's, entire that's life. That's where the comparison is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny! All right. Though. Oh, look at Steamo Willie. All right. We are not here though to talk about Lego. Lego. But we are here to talk about I think I was, toys. Maybe like that. We podcast. are here. I think I'd like that podcast quite huh? a bit. A Lego podcast? Yeah. The Lego podcast? That'd be cool. We are here to discuss the 1986 television film, The Christmas Toy, directed by Eric Till and produced by the Jim Henson Company, featuring Jim Henson's mother. Yay. Quick synopsis for those who haven't seen it before. Rugby the Tiger, who remembers how he was last year's favorite Christmas toy, wants to be unwrapped again this year. Thanks, Google, for the one-sentence uh, <laughs> half plot. <laughs> well, that pretty much sums but, it all up, right? I mean, it's correct. <laughs> That's the show. Good night. Ladies, gators. Let's get into our histories. I want to hear all about it. Starting with Mike, who probably has the most interesting history out of all of us, because he's the biggest Muppet fan I know. Oh, I watched it the night it premiered. Oh, wow. I was six years old. It was appointment television in my house. My parents taped it, and then a few years ago, my mom had our Christmas tapes ripped onto DVDs. So the copy I watched for this is a copy of a copy of a glitchy 1986 VHS recording with Kermit and with Kraft Foods commercials and everything. Uh, that's that's amazing. And it's awesome you've had the Kermit opening because they cut that out of a lot of later re-releases. Yes, I also have the DVD of it and I didn't buy it realizing that they had to cut out Kermit because uh, Henson and Disney had that period where they weren't talking to each other. Mm, breakups are hard. Man, they were on a break. But, uh, they were on a break. They were on a, they were on a break. <laughs> uh, but I think last year or the year before, very recently, uh, the streaming 
copy of the Christmas toy that is on Amazon Prime Video has restored the Kermit scenes. So that's nice to have a good quality version of it out there. Yeah. So I'll hop in here then. I remember this one from childhood as well. I was not born when it first aired, but I did watch it fairly young. And I had no idea that there were Kermit scenes in it because I knew it without the Kermit stuff. So I, as a kid, I remember loving this thing. I remember loving Rugby the Tiger so much. It reminded me of Hobbs, right? From Calvin yep. and Hobbs. Yep. That's mm-hmm. always what yeah. I associated him with. And um, as I got over, older, I always associated this movie with Toy Story for obvious reasons, because we will, I'm sure we will talk about that as we go along. But mm-hmm. I loved it. I haven't seen it in years because it doesn't get the airtime. I personally think it deserves on either Disney or Freeform or something. But watching it today was a delight and a surprise when I got to see the restored Kermit scenes, <laughs> because I had never seen them before ever until tonight watching it so, oh this was your wow. first time seeing kermit in it oh wow seeing kermit oh, yeah yep it was a joy to rewatch. putting it on all that nostalgia came flooding back and i was like wow i love it tom or julia whoever wants to go next i'll go next i don't i never heard of this one <laughs> didn't hear of it didn't see it which is odd i'm like target age right this one was not familiar to me other than Anthony giving us a little sneak peek before we watched it saying it's Toy Story folks like it's Toy Story. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I love the whole Muppets franchise in general. So the stuff that made me happiest in this particular special were the Muppety parts, if that makes any sense. So some of the standard things Muppeteers do with the Muppets made me very happy. There are some characters I like more than others, <laughs> um, but not sure I'm going to add this this one to my Christmas canon. Um, I think it's a heavily nostalgia driven special and I don't have the nostalgia for it. So by you, Tom, I vaguely remembered it. It did not make a big impression on me as a child. Having watched it this afternoon evening, I vaguely remember it. It did not make a big impression on me today either. Mike, I'm so glad you're here tonight and I'm not like dealing (laughs) with this discussion alone today, y'all. And I said, good news, Mike West falls on tonight, so you and I don't have to talk much. <laughs> what I, I fully you. expect to happen, and I understand. though, is I this expect is... to listen to Mike tell us about this, and Mike and Anthony to talk through it, and at the end of it, like, huh, I should watch that again. Yep. Yeah, that's what's going to happen, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. But even... Even if I don't turn your opinion, I I understand that it is very nostalgia-based. It reminds me of my high school friends and I, a couple of them saw Labyrinth for the first time, and Mm. they had not seen it as kids. And when my friend and I were so excited for them to see Labyrinth, and we made it all the way through, and he was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. We were like, what are you talking about? So so I get it. And I've been through it. I hope Tom and Julia didn't think this was the worst thing they've ever seen. No, 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 no. No, not at all. Okay. Not even not. Okay. No, I've listened to all of your episodes thus far, and you. <laughs> no, no. Definitely not the worst thing. Not even close. Let's run through the cast very quickly. Dave Gulls provides a voice of Rugby Tiger and Dits. 
Dave Gultz, obviously known as Gonzo the Great, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, Waldorf, Zoot, and Beauregard. And he did roles in Fraggle Rock, The Dark Crystal, and Labyrinth. And for all you Disney fans out there, Figment. He did the voice of Figment. He is the oh. voice of Figment. Love Figment. Love Figment. So I am curious, Julia, as a huge Disney fan, just like Mike here, is one of the Muppets you liked in this special Rugby the Tiger, or did you not like him? No, I did not like Rugby. He was super obnoxious oh, to me. No! <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I know. He was really annoying. No, I liked... I liked the non-Rizzo Rizzo characters yep. because Rizzo is one of my favorite Muppets and there were definite Rizzos in here. Um, I mean, the mice are one's very tame Rizzo, but like it's Rizzo, it's Rizzo the rat. Um, well, I did not like rugby. Voice. It was really annoying. You didn't even find him cute. It was a cute design. He was very cute. Yeah. Just when he, when he talked, not a fan. <laughs> But that's a part, that's a point, right? The character growth for right. him. Right, you're supposed to hate him. He's got to have growth. So that's totally yeah. reasonable. Did you, that I did did you hate Woody at first when he pushed Buzz out the window? No, I always loved Woody and resonated with him being replaced by <laughs> well, somebody <there's>... else. <laughs> I'm a complicated creature. So, do y'all want... Buzz came in earlier. Do y'all want to know my... my... <laughs> they learned from the Christmas. Well, that makes sense. Um, I have a take here. My takeaway from this, what I learned from this is children are incredibly fickle creatures and toys are so self-absorbed that they will sacrifice their friends just to get attention. Okay, (laughs) we will challenge that later on. (laughs) They may be self-absorbed in the moment, but then they sing a beautiful song to bring them back to life, okay? Also, (laughs) have a moment of encouragement. If your friends love you enough and can sing, <laughs> congrats, you're tapped back in. Crap, I'm gone. All right, everybody, let's sing to bring Anthony back. <laughs> cricket, cricket. <laughs> With the help of a little Christmas magic. There you go. So Steve Whitmire play, does a voice of one of the Muppets, I assume Julie did like, Mew the Mouse. And Dauntless Dragon. And Mew, it's Mew. <laughs> I like that. And Steve Whitmire, of course, has inherited the roles over the years of Ernie and Kermit the Frog after Jim Henson's death in 1990. Played various Muppets on the Muppet Show, Sesame Street, and Fraggle Rock. I loved Mew too, Julia. Fan. Not Mew too, the Pokemon for anyone listening, but Mew as well. <laughs> The mouse. There's a Mewtwo in here at the end, but yeah, no, Mew's the best. (laughs) He looked like a cat toy. Oh, he did. Yeah, no, he was very well made as a Muppet. (laughs) Catherine Mullen plays Apple, and she has done uh, various, she's been in various Henson productions. Fun fact, she worked as a designer for the Muppet movie and right-handed for Frank Oz on Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yep. That's um, super cool. First thing that, first role that comes to my mind with Catherine Mullen is uh, Moki Fraggle, the original Moki huh. in Fraggle Rock. Oh, okay. Uh, um, 
if my sister's listening, which I know she's not, but when she was young, she used to watch Allegro's Window, if you guys know what that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, I uh, remember that. She did the voice of Allegra. Yes. So. Oh, I remember that. And um, she also, between the lions, she created that show and played Leona yep. Lion. Mm-hmm. And she played Grover's mommy on Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. So we have Jerry Nelson playing Balthazar. He. <laughs> he's the old wise yep. teddy bear. Yep. He's the old wise teddy bear. Okay. Love him. He's, he yeah. played Count Von Count for decades. Uh, also, Henry Monster. <laughs> Biff, the two-headed monster, Sherlock Hemlock, Snuffy for a few years, Frazzle. He did a lot. He did Robin the Frog on The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. Floyd Pepper. We've actually covered him before on this show. He did the voice. He did Emmett Otter. Yep. Uh, okay, can we pause for a second and talk Emmett Otter? That's sure. one of those where my opinion Always. has changed. I don't love it. You love I'm it now? towards it. I have a good affinity for it. And all the time I will randomly yeah, just so, say no hole in the washtub. And I have no idea why. That's like probably my most. See? Or <laughs> it's, it's an earworm that will not go. Yeah. That's one of those ones where I look at our list and I'm like, man, I wish we could get Tom to re-rank his rating because that deserves <laughs> to be hotter. <laughs> I need to put a playlist together of not at all Christmassy Christmas songs and Ain't No Hole in the Washtub is it, 100%. Do it. <laughs> Westfall um, mix. I'll put it on more decorating the Christmas tree. Oh my God, the Westfall mix. Yeah. You definitely need to make like all a right, shareable Spotify playlist. So Westfall I, Well, all right. I will. I, we. I do Apple Music, but I'll I'll give you the playlist. Do Apple yes! Music? That's even better. At work, I get trolled and made fun of for being the only guy who does Apple Music. When we share sp- playlists, I immediately go and import it into Apple Music and share the Apple Music playlist, knowing that nobody else on my team listens to Apple Music. Boom. <laughs> I got you. Have you have to like you have to sprinkle some real Christmas or make like a whole different Christmas one because I'm gonna need. There's magic in the air tonight. There's magic in the air. Well, how about, yeah, how about just, yeah. I mean, favorite. instead of just not Christmas, like not well-known Christmas music, right? These have so many good songs. Oh, well, sure. That's well-known. But yeah. If if rugby's song where he brings you back to life isn't on there i'm boycotting <laughs> well, i gotta you gotta rip that one that one's just not available yeah I that know. can happen yeah yeah um richard hunt plays the voice of belt does the voice of belmont and he has done scooter statler janice beaker sweetums gladys a cow he's done a lot he also became good friends with mark hamill Mark Hamill. Yeah, they were buds. Yeah. He he uh, became friends with Hunt during his Muppet Show appearance and that, quote, Hunt became one of the best friends my family has ever had. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah. Uh, Camille, <laughs> Camille Banora, is that how you would pronounce her last Benora. name? Camille Banora yep. does a voice of Meteora and Molly. <laughs> and Molly. 
The monsters are in the hall. Meteora is definitely one of the vivid nightmare images I remember from this show. <laughs> in my nightmare in my images. <laughs> yeah, you're a big fan of her, aren't you? I love Meteora. She's a superstar. They sing a whole song about it. <laughs> they do, in fact. <laughs> like, that's your nightmare thing? The hallway is my nightmare thing. <laughs> Just the hallway by itself. The first time you see Rugby peek his head out of that hallway, the way they light this hallway and, like, the... the it's, like, it wouldn't look out of place in Hellraiser. <laughs> It's funny because I was thinking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like when they open a door mm-hmm. and they're all of a sudden in Freddy's yes. Dream World. That's what I was it's thinking. It's the of. same lighting. It's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that no, crazy they... blue 80s horror movie lighting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish they still let movies that way. <laughs> um, Sometimes they do. But, but Camille, Camille Benora, though, became the head writer for Sesame Street. And has also worked on the adventures of Elmo in Grouchland, Muppets from Space, and Kermit Swamp Years. Muppets from Space, by the way, I know that has a reputation, but I love that one. I love that one too. Thank you, thank you. I like it's it's if you if I had to rank them up in movies, it's still going to be far down and probably last. But I love Muppets from Space. Is fun. There's not. Was that the one that introduced Pepe? Uh, yeah, it introduced there's not there aren't really any Muppets I don't like. Well, it was the first movie with him. I, like he was on Muppets Tonight. So, but anyway, uh, I used to love Muppets Tonight. You don't love Muppets Tonight though. You said you used to. So, <laughs> oh, I love Muppets. Do you love Muppets every night? <laughs> and the one, the one I always remember from Muppets Tonight is when Julia Louis Dreyfus guest starred, and she called it a terrorist bomb threat against. <laughs> the show and there's a whole mystery about who called in this bomb threat and it was her it was crazy (laughs) they need to put that on disney plus if they can finagle yeah they do um brian henson does the voice of cruiser uh he's obviously the son of jim henson uh he did jack pumpkinhead and return to oz speaking of nightmares and <laughs> and he did special effects for Santa Claus the movie, but probably right. most famously in my mind, he was the principal performer of Audrey Two in the Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> uh, directed oh, cool. them up at Christmas Carol. Oh, there you go. So we have covered him. Before. <laughs> oh yeah, one of my favorites. and Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Treasure Island. Also like that one. And he also directed the adult Muppet movie that recently came out, The Happy Time Murders. Yes. Haven't seen that one yet. Haven't either. Mm-mm. I haven't either. Um, so he's done a good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. He was also in Labyrinth. He did the voice of Hoggle. Hoggle. And he did Dog in both versions of the Storyteller. So. Oh, and then yeah. Jim Henson, of course, did Jack in the Box and Kermit the Frog. And Jim Henson needs no introduction or no credits to his name. He is, I mean, he's responsible for 
childhood magic to this day. So that's the first celebrity death I remember. Yeah, uh, that's on my the way, first celebrity death that we were really young, did. right? Yeah, we were like yeah, nine, I was ten or nine. Okay. I was, I and was it was not. in the summer times, right? I, I was not even a year. Uh, April or May? Okay, April so that would have been right. Because my mom was dropping me off for swim team practice. And she's like, oh, man, Jim Henson died. And I was like, what got him? And she's like, pneumonia. And I'm like, I get pneumonia like right? three times a year. And it killed the guy that does Kermit. And she's like, he was old, honey. And I'm like. Oh my gosh! It was. A rough I mean, day. yeah. Parents say things oh, without, like yeah. we do it too. Like I have to always. I'm like, oh crud! I. All right, that's one. That's another yeah. thing. That... Sure, you'll get pneumonia, and then it got Jim Henson, and like, yeah, that you're gonna get pneumonia and die. Life. That was the day I found out Jim Henson and I share a birthday. Oh, oh, oh the day he died, you found that out. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Jim Henson's funeral as well basically set the bar for every funeral because if Big Bird doesn't oh show up at mine goodness. singing It's Not Easy Being Green and getting everyone in tears, like, oh, <laughs> Anthony, so I don't like Big perfect. Bird, that's, but that was... That's a high bar. You don't crazy like Big talk. Bird. I don't. I know it. Okay. I get flack every time I say it. I'm not a yeah, she doesn't like the Big Bird. She wants him to I freeze don't. to death when he's on the roof in Sesame Street. Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. I didn't say I wanted him oh to. God. I said it was fine if he Wouldn't did. Be sad. It's different. <laughs> she was. She wanted oh, to freeze better. to death, and she wanted uh, Swedish chef to cook him instead of the turkey for the Muppet Family. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember saying any of those words. <laughs> you didn't have to say them, Julia. It was implied. News. That's fake news. Wow. Oh man. All right, and that's our main cast. We should hop right into this. So this is very similar to Toy Story, at least it is to me, right? Toys come alive when oh, kids yeah. aren't around, except a little bit of a darker twist because unlike in Toy Story, if a toy is found out of place or moving, they freeze forever. They basically lose their life. Yeah, that's... But, I mean, it's what happens, y'all. So I mean, out of place, like that's, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, Toy Story never really delved into the consequences of being caught out of place, whereas mm -hmm. this is the main conflict of this special. Think, yes. Well, yeah, in Toy Story, they just held to the code because yeah. they defied said code with Sid, and like nothing bad happened other than Sid got his comeuppance. Yeah. Right. So and probably got scarred for life. You would hope he scarred so. for life? became a trash um, man. Okay. <laughs> so it's Christmas Eve and just like very similar to Toy Story, Rugby the Tiger is nervous about what toys his kid may be getting for Christmas Eve because he remembers last Christmas he was the favorite toy and this year he doesn't want to be replaced. See, that's not how I read that. I read that as last Christmas was the only Christmas Rugby knew, so in his head Christmas Eve means oh, I'm going to come out of the box again. Wait a minute. I'm not in the box. I better get down there. He thinks Christmas is all about him because that's all he knows. Yeah, that's what I got to. See, okay, I'm bringing my toy story now. Nobody chose now. to tell him. So you're, <laughs> you're muddying the water. 
Well, I just think yeah, he doesn't exactly. listen yeah. to anybody. He, he doesn't well, listen to anybody. He doesn't even try, remember? She like, yeah. oh, yep, you know all about Christmas. Let me go over here and tell all these people. That dude over there knows nothing about Christmas. He's got it all wrong. Like she literally said, all right, you're set. And then I want to deal with it. I mean, she's the, she's that lady in the office, y'all. You will, you will never guess what Anthony just said. Oh, Apple. <laughs> but in his defense, he also he is not cognizant enough to realize that if he goes down there and in the box and they find him down there, he will freeze and that's it. He just doesn't understand that concept. Right, and he doesn't get it because he thinks <laughs> he thinks that's how Christmas works. Right. right. So now, because I was already embarrassed in front of our guest, I'm kicking it over to Julia to what happens here. Julia. Can I can I can I go second? Because I've got a lot. of Well, I mean, that. it's. Yeah. And Julia can wrap us up. Yeah, you go with go your hot takes. So they've got Ditsy, sure. a really dumb clown. <laughs> He's super cute, though. I liked his look. They're talking about how stupid rugby was. And <laughs> did somebody call me? <laughs> no, we're Mr. just talking Meeseek's about Seek's voice. <laughs> You're not I wrong. Did. Am I wrong? You're 100 percent uh, right. <laughs> I don't understand how stupid. Well, if he's out there, then I'll just go. Walks outside and dies. Yeah, phone is like, ring, ring, there's a problem, but nobody's paying attention because everybody's worried about self-centered rugby who just, like, sacrificed his friend. Mm-hmm. They, bring, they bring in Dip, no, they bring Ditsy's corpse, in, yeah. and they're all sitting around being sad. They're sort of sad about Ditsy, but they're like, wait, rugby might die too. And uh, so they come up with a plan to go rescue rugby. All the while, they just leave Ditsy's corpse lying there in the room. Very macabre. Give him I mean, there's something they could do for him. Like, do something. Like, they yeah, give him a burial. They right. just chuck him in a corner. Other toys with a bunch of other dead toys. Just this is a, this is the Which pile of our question, dead friends. Why did rugby not know what was going on? Like, wouldn't you think this would be one of the first things? All right, we're not just making this up. See all of these dead toys. Yeah, this is the monument to what you don't do. But no, no. Dude, too too self-important for that. Too preoccupied. He's basically, he's basically a toddler because toddlers are the same way. They don't understand. Everything is about them. There it is. The Daniel Tiger idea of a toddler is is not very accurate. Rugby the Tiger is much more accurate to what a, what a three-year-old is like. <laughs> and I'm actually going to interject here and say, listeners, if any of you want to get me a Christmas or a birthday gift this year... Find me a rugby the tiger life size thing because there I saw the only ones I could find are like hundreds of dollars. So if you oh, find yeah. one cheap, so we're wait wait I want to talk about this. We're doing an episode about a toy who is so self absorbed. One of his friends dies, and during the middle of that, Anthony, you feel it's the right time to make a self absorbed plea, asking people to spend hundreds of dollars on you. <laughs> Is that really what just happened? I said, <laughs> I said if they okay, could find one at a decent price. You're asking people yeah, to buy you a present. To. Like, these are custom made. Is that really what just happened? <laughs> okay. Yep. Anyway. Rugby, rugby is out of the room. Is out of the room. Scared right now. Rugby. 
um, I thought it was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Rugby's like, well, it never seemed this far when I'm being carried or whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that was. Julie, that was you cute. Can... And in fa- to Mike's point, I would be scared too if I was out of that room in that hallway. <laughs> I mean, transferred no, they into really the did it up and the angles because these are tiny toys. So this hall is huge to them. And it was very well done. Very, very well. You felt so, so small. Mm-hmm. Like, the vulnerability factor was expressed well through the cinematography, far more than I would expect for a movie geared towards this audience. Okay, Julie, you can take over. I just really wanted, I just really wanted to bring the snark about Ditsy's death. That doesn't, the filmography, that's us, cinematography doesn't surprise me because it's a Henson production, right? True. They're always quality work. And just so you guys know, I'm sure Mike already knows this, but for your information julia and tom and listeners the film actually inspired a spin-off television series called the secret life of toys secret life of toys yes starring rugby the tiger and mew and a bunch of these toys it only aired one season oh, that's cool. but it did get a show interesting Arizona, that's cool i forget whether it's nick jr or disney jr but one of those two yeah hmm. rugby makes his way in death-denying measures to the Christmas tree, uh, where we meet our Mike, your favorite character. Is that a bold statement? Buzz Lightyear? No, Mew's my favorite character, but I Mew's mean, Meteora. Meteora, <laughs> queen of the asteroids. Right. So Rugby sees a box extraordinarily similar to the one he came out of last year and is like, uh, there's my ticket. That's what I'm doing. Opens the box, and there is this amazing Barbarella inspired doll (laughs) named Meteora who is terrifying to me just a little bit. I like full of terrifying, but a little scary. Um, and it's, I mean, if you want a real life modern translation, it's Buzz Lightyear. Um, She she even thinks she's landed among aliens. And she, she thinks she's a legitimate goddess uh, what is a space goddess I can't remember what she refers to herself as she has like an amazing sword and she is taking those chess pieces out like left and right <laughs> um and so at this point the toys are all because it's not just rugby the toys are all like you need to be quiet because we got real problems if you wake people up and two you're a toy <laughs> okay and she's not fully understanding. So they use voodoo mind tricks to um, <laughs> convince her to get back in the box by saying she's, it's this whole song too, right? And I don't know the name of the song. It's just her, her theme song. She, it's just Meteora. How beautiful <laughs> yeah. she is. How powerful she is. How strong she is. How amazing she is. I didn't mean to interrupt. They basically have to explain you will be a stoop a superstar but you need to get into this box in order for that to happen yep right and this happens after one rugby tries to, to climb open, the box right. um two because he wants to be opened two he gets the same woody ideas of what if we just make meteora disappear and i'm in the <laughs> box but of course who appeals to rugby and explains to him why this is happening. Why is there a new toy in the box? Why is rugby not supposed to be in the box? It's Apple. She was the one that he replaced. Apple. And she was the one who, yeah, she was the one who tried to tell him what Christmas is all about. Right. And it is a little reminiscent of Toy Story 2 with Jesse. 
yeah, when somebody left? It was. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, yeah, because you get that flashback scene of the little girl Jamie opening up rugby last year and you saw it a few times in the special and then this time when Apple's remembering it, you see her off in the distance with shedding a little tear just forgotten She's on the couch. Actually, and, yeah, just a little ding, and oh my goodness, <laughs> it's all the feelings. This is when I must interject and say, Toy Story really did a number on me as a kid. I was young when that movie came well, sure. out, and let me tell you something. Ever since then, I have had a weird compassion for all inanimate objects. Whenever I'm cl- cleaning out the clutter in my apartment, like an old computer or microphone, I just think to myself, eyes probably appear on this thing when, I, when I'm away and it's probably Aww. hopping around the room and now I'm sending it to the dump where they go to burn. <laughs> inspired this whole generation of... People it did. Work. It killed me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you reach that age where your parents are like, sort out the toys you want to throw away, give away, and then store in the attic. And that exercise killed me. Yep. That's yep. legit. That's legit. Um, so yep. Apple gets through to rugby. He starts to understand like how the works right both for what apple went through and he just starts to care about people that her that are not that's not himself um however their problem we got like a whole mm-hmm. bunch of toys in the living room yes at this point mike you want to take the rest to the end on how do they get out of this pickle alive Oh, goodness. Well, they start going up the stairs, but then someone falls down the stairs. I, I want to say Mew falls down the stairs, and Rugby goes after him, and Mew gets caught out of position, and so he's frozen. Rugby, like, hides in the closet because Mew taught him how to do that and taught him how to get out again. Then we get the sad song, the I Love You song. It's like a prelude to the Together at Christmas song. Yeah. That makes Mew wake up by the power of love. The power of love, whether it's Harry Potter, a Christmas toy, the Christmas toy, Star Wars, Wonder Woman. It's always a power of love that saves them all in the end. Yeah. And and Mew wakes up. He remembers being someplace else, but it was like no place. It was very dark and cold. And then suddenly it wasn't which, so dark. It was a lot. Which is a really awful, dark idea for children. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm six years old thinking, man, I hope I never go to coma. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very sad scene, honestly. Like I was watching it tonight and thinking, this is really heavy for kids. Special. It is when he falls over. It like was, that was touching. It was. I would have been really sad mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah, and he just collapses. Him and Ditz both just go dead. They did a really good job filming that to the point where I don't know how they they must have just cut a wire or something, and it's just thump onto the floor. Yeah, oh. like he survived. And then on Christmas morning, <gasps> the kids enjoy all their new toys alongside all their old toys. Nobody's replaced. Yeah. Well, not only does that song wake up Mew, but then all the other toys are singing in the playroom, and that wakes up the big pile of dead toys with Dits and all the others there. (laughs) uh, A bit of a mix with the power of love, and I guess some Christmas magic had something to do with it, but 
how did none of them know they could do that? So I'm I mean, guessing I'm, I'm guessing that's where I think the Christmas magic comes in because I feel like that would have happened before. People are missed all the time. They're not just forgotten in a corner. They're mourned all the time, it sounds like, when this happens. But, right. Uh, so this is a special case. Hmm. And yeah. And then it kind of wraps up from there. Christmas morning. Christmas morning. The kids are playing with all their new toys and old toys. And when they go away, they all sing together at Christmas. And Kermit joins in at the end of the special. Kermit nice comes back. End. It's always good and, to see Kermit. And the end. So I'm curious, especially Julia and Tom, since you guys... I mean, yes, there's Julia definitely is not nostalgia a guy. here for Mike and myself. And then you said the Julia and Tom. Said you guys. You guys. Y'all. Okay. Y'all. I'm I curious, y'all. Myself. I'm curious, y'all. <laughs> since there's no nostalgia wrapped in here, like right. clearly Mike and I have that nostalgia. What is it? <laughs> Story-wise, content-wise, what is it exactly that you didn't like here, Julia? Um, the songs were a little long to me that probably don't feel long when you're a kid, right? Um, also, it's odd, honestly, because while 80s animation, regardless of the fact I've ever seen it before, always feels like a warm blanket, live-action is doesn't as much this didn't really? feel like comfortable this felt different than like comfortable muppets to me like it was just a little different to me than like a pure muppets movie um and i'm guessing that's it i'm not sure is it the but plastic on some of them and not just they're all felt cuddly monsters probably like Apple was a little bit scary. I don't like the rubber faced <laughs> puppets as much as I like the soft, cuddly ones, right? Because like that's why I love Muppets, because I could grab well, and, and she, hug them yep. at any moment. Didn't help that she's dressed like Chucky. She oh was my dressed gosh, like she Chucky. was dressed like she's Chucky. She's female my buddy. Like I know kids <laughs> exists, but she's female my buddy. Oh my god, she has the same face before he goes evil, too. Yeah, man. Oh man, I'm never gonna watch this the same the same way. (laughs) I mean, if we're following what happened here, we understand where where my buddy where Chucky came from, right? (laughs) He was like he was the replaced former best friend toy. (laughs) Friend till the end. Okay, that's We're fair though. To the end. But did you Your end. Did you enjoy it enough like you didn't find this a waste of complete waste of time? It was not a waste of time. Not at all. Like okay. I don't really have any hard objections to it. I think the only missing piece is that I don't have any connection to it. You don't have that nostalgia. This, yeah, from the formative years I don't have that with this one. So Okay. Man. How about you, Tom? <laughs> I'll just say I'm giving it a 5. I think that kind of sums it up. Well, but that that explains how I feel about it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. <laughs> okay. It's not going to make it into my canon. It didn't hit that seven that I think I usually need to get into my canon. If I'm flipping through the channels and I see it on TV, am I going to change it? Probably not. My problem with it, it did not feel Christmassy enough to me. So much of it was done in the room and the room just didn't have a Christmas feel. The music didn't feel Christmassy to me. And I think that's maybe why I didn't love it as much. 
because you can have non-Christmas music that still has a Christmas feel. This goes completely against what I said about Ain't No Hole in the Washtub earlier in the episode. But somehow that song is Christmas, even though it doesn't sound <laughs> Christmas at all. But none of these did it for me. None of these, none of these hit me, hit me the way that one does. <laughs> Ask me in, in a year how I feel about it, and it may be completely yeah, different. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I don't reach for these songs when I'm trying to get a Christmas kick to it. I, I do reach for the whole special, but I you are correct that like it it is not overwhelmingly Christmassy. You do see the bits like the the living room with the tree and everything is very Christmassy. They're all excited at the beginning when they find out it's Christmas Eve to get that. But other than that, it's not it's not kind of sewed in yeah. through the whole story. But it is more Christmassy so than that. anything Todd Killian tells me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> what did he tell you to watch this time? LA what was Confidential. LA Confidential. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will say that it did... Uh... Well, no, first, actually, I have a question for Mike, because if anyone knows the answer, it's you. Do we know if uh, John Lasseter or the people at Pixar were inspired at all by this movie when doing Toy Story? Do we know if they had a love for this movie or anything? We, Not that I know of. It's not, we don't know it as a fact, but I am sure that they have seen this special, and it was just one of those things that was in their brain when they were coming up with the concept of toy story like i don't think it explicitly ripped it off but i'm sure the ideas were in their heads and some of that was implanted from this so right it, it definitely yeah. didn't rip it off but you could tell it's kind of like the godfather of toy story they're definitely related here <laughs> yeah there are definitely like it's not beat for beat but you right. have some big comparisons. it's hard not to see it like uh yeah oh yeah no they both have an action figure from space who's about to replace a child's favorite and they don't realize they're a toy yeah. that's big <laughs> but but then i've seen articles online where people try to make connections that aren't there they try to connect bo peep with the Barbie character who keeps changing yes. outfits. I'm like, that's not a good. I I like I love both of them. The <laughs> I'm not dressed right at all. Yeah. Oh, and and Bo is great too. But there was another that tried to connect Balthazar, the old wise bear, with Lotso, with Lotso <laughs> hugging bear. I'm like, no, nah, y'all are reaching now. That was a reach. Yeah. Bal yeah no. Balthazar did not push Mew down those stairs. No. No. Frozen for life. No. <laughs> Balthazar is really what Woody is. It well, not so much, but if if Woody, if there was like an older toy among the Toy Story gang, it's locked. That yeah. would be that. But no, mm -hmm. I need just Buzz and Meteora are the only big connection you right. need to connect those dots. Yep, absolutely. I'll just say to go back to what I said at the beginning. I haven't watched a special in years before tonight. I've always remembered it. And watching it tonight, though, I do kind of huh. want to add it back to my Christmas canon. I want to, I want to own it. I have gone fully digital, however, so I won't be picking up a physical DVD. And I will hope I can own it digitally. You don't day. want the DVD because that doesn't have Kermit. Get the, get the Prime Video with Kermit in it. 
There you go. So Prime. I guess and there might be copies floating around the Internet Archives VHS vault that has the commercials if you really want to watch. If you want to, if you really want to hear, celebrate the season with craft a bunch of times. <laughs> well, I will say, and I forgot to mention it when we recorded our Alvin and the Chipmunks episode, the version I think we all watched had the commercials in it. Yeah. The original airing, and that gave me all the nostalgic feels. Mm-hmm. That was the best part of that to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything, everything. I mean, I own a Charlie <laughs> Brown Christmas digitally, and yet I love watching it on me YouTube too. with the original commercials. <laughs> in, in yeah, tact. they no, that's that's why I put commercials in my show because it just it's it's part of the experience for me. Mm-hmm. And in the Christmas toys case, maybe that's why I get more Christmas feels from it because I've always had those commercials and I've watched this every year for the last 35 years. So, yep. So did this film have a Linus moment? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, I was thinking, was it a Linus moment or was it just rugby growing up? But they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Well, and the fact that it's Christmas is a little important for hit this Linus moment. Yes, 100%. Rugby gets it twice. He gets it when realizing that they need to get Meteora back in the box. And then again, when he's kind of mourning the loss of Mew. Yep, absolutely. Um. It is definitely a Christmas special, even though it could look and sound a little more Christmassy. Christmas is important to the plot. Oh, yeah. So, the, yep. So I'm going to ask y'all, starting with our guest, what would you rate this, Mike? It's a solid nine for me. Nice. I'm going with a nine as well. Five. I love it. Uh, I'll do 5.5. It was an average of a 6.5. I ain't mad. I, uh, Mike's not mad, so I won't. I'll keep my comments to myself. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, 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 I will, I'll just say, again, because I've been watching The Office in the beginning, I'll just <laughs> quote Michael Scott and say, why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or funny, you make it not that Who way. are you talking to? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Toby. Well, guess what? This is tied on our TV special list with Father Christmas. Nice. All the way at hey! Ch- just, ab- just above at 22, Emma Otter's Joe Van Christmas. Oh, wow, we beat Emmett Otter. Good. Yeah. I like this more than Emmett Otter, but I've also watched this more than Emmett Otter. But, but I do mm. love Emmett Otter. Well, I, think it's, I think it's really awesome that you saw its original air date. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. I will be curious to see what our listeners think of this, though, especially those who, like Tom and Julia, have never seen it and have no nostalgia what they think of like the compare obvious 
comparisons to Toy Story people make. Um, things like that. If they still find, you know, if it's melted their heart and are adding it to their Christmas canon, like me and Mike, or if they're going to be like Tom and Julia and just one and done, and it's enough. Where can our listeners last? They can let us know that by going to... Oh, I am so sorry. Uh, Julia Colburn. <laughs> Please continue. And pardon my my stepping on your your awesome ownership there. Um, I don't know. We got lots of social media places out there, but we do have a one-stop shop on where to find them all. And it's Linktree forward slash tis the podcast. We'll get you all the places. Um, and you can also get to the podast, which is the first block of text on that page, which is my favorite. I love that. Wait, what? Podast. What? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, did you misspell <laughs> podcast? It's, it's better. <laughs> you're, podast. you're only just letting us know that, Julia. Julia. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, <laughs> Ah, there it is. <laughs> like finding a misspelling in a book. It just endears me. Oh, to you. that's amazing. Um, anyway, links on there to our Facebook group, Reddit. I mean, Twitter, all the places. Um, honestly, though, our Facebook group is the place to be. Plus, if you're in our Facebook group, you also get to talk to Mike Westfall and a lot of other cool cats, which is amazing. Um, so go check it out. Um, there's also a link on there to our Patreon site if you want to throw dollar bills at our faces and get some non-Christmas content as well as some Christmas content um, that we don't put on the live feed, then you can totally do that. For a minimum of a buck a month, you can get access to all of that content. And there's different <laughs> scales of giving that gets you different cool stuff. You can even come on the podcast and host an episode with us. So go check it out. Uh, Linktree forward slash his podcast will get you to all the places, including there is the no podcast. I don't know and... what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Already? Dang, that was fast. And speaking of our Patreon, hey, you, you could even get exclusive first access to our five-year anniversary mug. So check it out. Um, Mike, where can listeners find you in Advent Calendar House? Tell them a bit about your show and where they can find you in case I, for the one listener out there who doesn't know you already. Sure. Well, I'm sure that there are more, but uh, if you're not listening to my show, number one, how dare you? <laughs> uh, you can find the Advent Calendar House podcast at adventcalendar.house. Uh, and it is my salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. I've been spending July doing a 12 episode countdown of 12 different holiday specials that I like. Uh, Mostly Christmas, but Easter and Halloween and Thanksgiving are all mixed in. Lots of fun. And you can also say hi to me on Twitter at FallWestMike. Oh, he went there and brought up Twitter, despite the fact that one of us is feuding on this show with Twitter and uh, uh, wants well, to bring them down. Play stupid games. Thank stupid you. Prizes. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Westfall. <laughs> If you're, a, if you're going to aggressively insult and, and attack people and call them by vulgar names and violate the Twitter terms of surface, you know that these people are sensitive little snowflakes that are going to cry home to 
Twitter, you're gonna get you're gonna get banned. Not, not uh, Elon Musk. Twitter suing Elon Musk to make him pay. <laughs> still follow through with it. Um. Well. Mike, it was a pleasure having you. And listeners, if you like well-researched stuff, not only should you check out Why are you still listening? Why are House, you still here? But tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> but tune in next week for another episode that will be very well-researched because we are having on Ron Hogan of Filmstrip Podcast to discuss hey. Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then the week after that, we are having on Natalie Bickle to discuss what? the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Ward. Chronic what? So. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, so um, my kids are doing that for their uh, for their fall play this year, so I'm excited. Oh, that's, that's awesome. fun. That's do they do they try out yet? Like, do they have parts yet? No, it'll be in August. Okay. They just announced it. Like they do. They announced. Uh, the fall and spring one's coming up, so they're doing the Lion Witch Road Frozen in the spring. So that still feels Christmassy. Stop. Well, and they get to uh, reuse set pieces. It uh. sounds like is why they did those two back to back. We only have to we only have to build one giant ice castle. <laughs> oh man, let me tell you something. Have one of them go out for the part of Edmund. Of course, That's that would be who you like. Play. Of course, it would. Ooh. I do I liked him, but it's always more fun to play like the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. My my son might be too young to be Edmund, but uh I'll I'll tell you. What's uh what's well, who's the actress? Um her who played the witch Tilda in the movie. Liam Neeson is that. Yeah. Yeah. She is terrifying in that role. Oh, she is so good. She is so good in that role. But like she is super like she looks like she's having the oh, time yeah. of her life playing that villain. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. I always wish like those movies did well enough to do the whole seven rather than I just know. stop at three. But mm-hmm. alas, Netflix has the rights to them now, so they'll be done. Oh, good. Yep. Also good. Speaking of good, there are only three thousand eight hundred and forty hours until Christmas. That's only that's, that's 165 weeks. days. Good job. Five months? Five months. That Five is months. insane. <laughs> Time's flying, y'all. So hey, do your Mike, homework. Thanks again. Yes. Thank, thank you, you guys. again, Mike. Always a pleasure to talk to y'all. Uh, if you want to hear more, Mike, besides having Calendar House, we should mention. This this episode is actually dropping on Christmas in July, along with a second oh, bonus hey. Christmas in July episode in which you get to hear Mike uh, talk about some Tis the Podcast memories and present an award at our Oscar show. So, and uh, you'll also hear him later this year because he already agreed to come. Oh, on I Muppets can't wait for that one. With us as well. Yes, super <laughs> excited about that. So, lots to look forward to, y'all. But until next week, bye, bye. Old friends, dear friends, hear where we ought to be.